I get it. You operate a business in the horse industry and you know you need to be online to grow your business, but you're overwhelmed at the process and you might not even have an idea where to start. Well, I'm glad you're here and I'm glad you're listening to the Digital Hoofprint podcast, a podcast that shares strategy, resources, and motivation for you to grow your horse business online. My name is Abriana and I am a business coach, brand strategist, and designer that works with equine entrepreneurs who are struggling with their online presence. I transform grade horse businesses into industry unicorns. And if you're listening to this podcast, you must be ready to establish your digital hoofprint. Whether you're listening to this while cleaning stalls or after a long day working horses, I'm breaking down this process into digestible nuggets so you can take them and apply them to your business today. Thanks so much for listening again, and let's get into today's episode. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Digital Footprint Podcast. I'm Abriana, head unicorn in charge over at Black Unicorn Creative, and we help horse business owners establish authentic brand strategies and online marketing that fits into their daily lives. And I have a fellow brand designer here, Tara Moore from Farm and Fur Co., on the show with us. I'm super excited to have this conversation and to see how life work balance is working in her life. So welcome Kara to the show. Thank you so much. I'm very excited, especially about this topic. Yes, yes, yes. So give us a rundown. If people haven't seen your amazing work, uh, let us know what you do and, you know, how horses are in your life or how horses started to get into your life? Sure. So about five years ago now, I left my corporate PR job working in downtown Manhattan. I was doing corporate PR specializing in crisis and reputation management, which if you know me now, five years later is the exact opposite type of person of who I am. And, and I'm way more casual than that type of buttoned up corporate environment. So I was offered an opportunity to take a barn manager position and move to a 45 acre horse farm back in my hometown. And I'm sure a lot of people at the time felt that that was insane to leave a New York City career to move to a farm, but it was my dream. And over the next five years or so, I picked up a couple little side hustles, just working at different um, barns, teaching, beginner riding lessons. I did a lot of work with therapeutic riding programs. That's really how I got started into teaching as a path certified instructor. So there was always that fine balance of managing the barn and then managing my lesson schedule at other barns. But the more I got into teaching and networking with other local therapeutic riding centers, I notice this huge gap between these centers not knowing how to present themselves online. The photography on their Instagram wasn't great, especially on their website, which the photography on your website is even more important than the photography on your social media. They did not have very clear messaging. I go to their websites and really have a hard time finding even the most basic information. 
So I got this crazy idea in the beginning of 2020. I had never used a professional camera before, but I left my program director job at the therapeutic writing center. So I was managing the barn and was like, I want to try to make this photography thing happen. So I spent a lot of time just learning how to use the camera, picked up my first couple of clients who happened to be equestrian small businesses. And from there, it really snowballed into the full service business that I have today, which is photography, branding, and web design, because the three of those really go hand in hand. And now I have a very small team so that we can offer all of those things to our clients. Yeah, that is, that is awesome. And it's been amazing to see your transformation over the last year. I'm not entirely sure when I was first introduced to um, your, your company, but, um, you know, it's just been amazing to see the growth and see the, the success that you've had with your clients. Thank you so, so much. Yeah. So, so let's take it back a little bit and, and talk about how you kind of identified that corporate America was not the space for you. You know, what, what kind of misalignment, misalignment or imbalance did you kind of feel from there that had everybody thinking like, girl, what do you mean you're leaving? Like, you know, what did that, what did that kind of look like? Sure. So I think that that imbalance started even before I took that job because throughout my whole, even like all the way back to high school and college life, I was always walking this fine line, trying to figure out exactly where I fit in best because my heart and passion told me it was with horses, but everything else, you know, through college and the internships were pointing me in the direction of going into that traditional corporate America. So, you know, for example, when I was first interning in New York, I kept my teaching job on the weekends. So I was always trying to figure out how horses could fit into my life. But I didn't realize at first that you could make money in the horse industry outside of just being a trainer. And I didn't, at that time, I knew for sure, even though I love teaching, I did not want to own a boarding barn and have lessons be my primary source of income. So I actually forget what your original question was, but I hope that kind of answered it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was, you know, about identifying when, when that imbalance started or, or when you saw that it, it things weren't aligning. Um, and, yes. and you're exactly yeah. right. You know, there's a lot of people start on that path. Like, you know, you see in these Facebook groups and forums, like, you know, 18 year olds, hey, you know, I want to teach lessons you know, what should I do next? And then like the peanut gallery rain parade comes in like, huh, you're not going to make any money. Hey, hey, you should do something else. Go to college. Yeah. And it's like, yo, like, really? Really? You can, you can hone these yeah. different skills like we have um, 
and still be in this industry. You can do anything and say that you do it for equestrians and boom, you are in this industry. So, you know, instead of that exclusionary, you know, the exclusionary, like, this is the only path you can take or this is what I did and I didn't like it. It's like, you know, let's let's talk about the opportunity. Yes, and and the risk taking too, because it's it's scary to take a risk and leave something that seems like a sure career. So, like for me, when I moved onto the farm over five years ago, I knew it was for sale. So that already was a big risk. But because it was my passion, it was a risk that I was willing to take. Luckily, things haven't really moved, but. It, yeah, it's definitely tough. And I just remember commuting to the city and sitting in that office and the people in the office could not have been any nicer. It was a fantastic experience in that sense. But I mm-hmm. always felt like I, number one, didn't really belong and couldn't be myself because yeah. here I was, this girl who'd wear like blue jeans and boots <laughs> on mm-hmm. the weekend, but I had to put on something that just did not feel like me. So right. it, it really worked. I feel very lucky to have had the opportunity to make that transition. Right, right, right. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, when we, we do the safe thing, you know, we do the thing that it's like, okay, you know, this is not my passion. Well, let me bring it back. I think it's okay for your job, not to be your passion, you know? Thanks, friend. Um, I think it's okay for, for both, you know, you, for you to be able to have something that you're passionate about, even if your, your job makes the money that supports that passion, you know? And Absolutely. so I, with these conversations, I just want to reiterate the fact that, you know, there is no box. This is not, this is not us saying, you know, you love horses, pursue your passion. Your job should be horses. And this is also not us saying, you know, do something that makes you money because who's going to pay for the horses? This is simply a saying that there is no box. You know, you have that flexibility, like you said, to take these risks and to, um, change your mind that is yes that is oh absolutely and to not follow yeah and to not follow something that's is so traditional mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah yes and so now that you know you you've gone from this corporate position you um you know started managing this barn and say you know you guys you guys are struggling on a, a couple fronts and online is one of them. How do you switch into like, now I'm going to be an entrepreneur. This is not, you know, I'm just going to take, well, it may have started off as I'm going to take pretty pictures and, you know, see if that works. But how did you kind of shift into that entrepreneurial mindset to say, not only is this, something new I'm going to try, but I want to make a business out of it. 
Yeah, so there was a lot of imposter syndrome those first few months. And honestly, there still is. I think whenever you're growing and entering into something new that you haven't done before, there's always that little sense of imposter syndrome, you know? So I think in the beginning, I was very quiet about it so that I could let myself take my time learning the photography side because a big part of it for me too was it wasn't like I, yes, I had corporate experience, but I wasn't coming off of a career where I was doing this for like an equestrian company, or I wasn't working, like I wasn't on the social media team of an equestrian company that everybody knew to where that transition into the business world on the equestrian side really made a lot of sense in the beginning. So it was tricky to battle that imposter syndrome in the beginning, but I will say the more I worked hands-on with clients and the more I started to learn exactly what they wanted out of a business like mine, the easier it became because rather than me saying, well, this is exactly what I'm going to offer. I took a lot of clues from the local people that I started working with and let them tell me what they were seeing in the industry that they really needed. And that helped a lot. And I also think I was pretty ethical with the way I started pricing things. Like for example, in the beginning, I did a ton of work for free because a lot of it was experimental for me. And then I just gradually increased my pricing and grew from there. And another thing that was a huge help was that as I started to add people to the team, I started adding people that had skills that I didn't have, but I knew would give us the ability to offer full service. Yeah, yeah, that's that's major. What do they say? Um, new levels have new devils or something like that. You know, <laughs> oh, totally. like like when you said imposter syndrome is not this this one thing that you get and then you achieve it. Like you, you get over it. You know, imposter syndrome is that 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 thing that it's going to follow you, you know, as you continue to level up and have new experiences and get into new situations, you're always going to say, Ooh, I'm excited. This is great. What did I do to get here? Okay. Am I, <laughs> it's like, yes. you're, you're here, you are here. And, and even if it took that, you know, doing things for free or, um, you know, working with, businesses at a at a lower cost to experiment to to be able to uh, figure out what it is they really need you know yeah. if you if you don't have some sort of imposter syndrome it's probably because you're not doing it <laughs> yes and I think anytime you challenge yourself you should mm -hmm. feel a little bit scared like a healthy amount of scared yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And so when we when we look at you know the things that we've done in the beginning because you know we're in the same line of work. Um I've done <laughs> also a lot of work for free <laughs> and that was kind of how I um you know, informed some of the decisions that I made about what I continue to do. Um, but like you said, going back to 
what people said they needed. Let's talk about that for a second, because a lot of times we lead with what we think we want to do or what we um, feel like is necessary. Like, this is the thing I identified and I'm going to do that thing. And then we start to see either the need really wasn't there or that's truly not the need, you know? Yeah. That's how it was for me. Like, I'm going to do logos. And I was like, wait, like the questions I need answered for me to produce a good logo, you, you can't answer, you know? Or the business is no longer in business after six months. And although you paid me, I'm still personally invested in your success. Like, I'm a little upset you're not Absolutely. using what I made. <laughs> so let's talk about Absolutely. how we, we make these decisions based on the feedback that we get, right? Yeah, definitely. So in the beginning, I originally wasn't planning on offering web design. I was just going to do photography and kind of brand visuals. And I had my friend Ashley from White Stallion Studio come on to do the logo and graphic design side because I had never used Photoshop, Illustrator. I had no real skills in, in, that, <laughs> in that realm in the very beginning. So as I started promoting a little bit more that I was doing branding in terms of like the brand strategy and the messaging and the logo design it was a pretty common question that I would always get do you offer web design also and in hindsight it makes so much sense because the three of those things do fit together so seamlessly and in the beginning I also was afraid to jump into kind of the social media strategy content creation side because I never really considered myself a social media expert even for myself I never on my personal page used social media very often but that's something that a lot of clients needed help with so we decided to add on branded canva templates to all of our packages and now I have a little ebook that comes along with all of our clients to just even walk clients through how to set up their business Instagram it's sometimes just simple stuff like that so that's just a couple of examples of things that that clients ask for and now I do a feedback form every time they close out a project they get a form and say what do you wish was included in your project what do you wish we offered that we didn't offer, what could we have done better, stuff like that. And even still social media is the biggest thing that comes up in, the, in that feedback. Yeah. But more social media training. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I feel like, um, and, and you may feel this way too with that. It's like, you know, you, you have this offering and you have this expertise, but when, you know, you're done. You don't really want the client to be feeling like, okay, what's next? And that's probably how you got yes. into the, you know, the web design. It's like, okay, you got the branding, you got the photos, boom. And they're like, great. Now, how? <laughs> yeah, how because we, it all has it? to be updated anyway. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, the fact that there is strategy behind it, there is intention behind it. 
um, sometimes that scares people, you know? And so for me personally, I, I see people who they're, you know, want to come for a website and it's like, okay, so what have we, what have we thought about as far as our branding? What conversations have we had? And they haven't had those conversations. So, you know, it's kind of scary to, to dive into um, why am I doing this? What kind of people do I want to serve? You know, what, what is my expertise? Um, but that can be kind of scary for people. Yes. And in the beginning, I didn't know enough about web design to even know how important that whole copywriting process was. So I would just take a lot of the copy from the client's old website, or if they didn't have a website at all, I was trying to come up with copy for them, not even realizing that that is a completely separate business that some people just specialize in, which is really, really cool. So by no means am I a copywriter, but Mm -hmm. by knowing the right questions to ask your clients, like now we Mm -hmm. go through a whole copywriting template with our clients Mm -hmm. so that they can fill in some of Mm -hmm. those answers by us asking them the right questions. That has been so helpful too, because a lot of the messaging comes from that and and developing that based on who exactly in the equestrian industry you're speaking to. Because even Mm -hmm. though the equestrian industry is its own niche, there's all these little sub niches within it, you know, like the Western side, the English side, or, you know, people just want to do like high-end show barns or just want to target more like backyard casual barns. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and there, there are two things that are okay. One, you don't have to serve everybody. You know, you don't get more yes. clients by speaking to everybody. And two, you don't have to be the expert that wrote a 20-page white paper on this subject. You just have to be five steps ahead of your audience, you know? Absolutely, so, I so- love that exclamation yeah Yeah. I mean you know and and offering canva templates and offering you know some some social assets you're going to get that feedback from your clients on you know how this performed um how comfortable they feel with this you know all of this feedback which informs your your next decision you know your next offering how, how you grow that portion of you know, your services. And so I I feel like a lot of times, you know, we get to the point if we're like, "Ah, I I, I don't, I don't know enough about this, but do you know more than your audience? You know, at least, at least spark that conversation and get that feedback. Definitely. And, and I think too, you know, I, I work with a lot of clients who are launching a business for the very first time. So that does give me the ability to help them with Instagram because I can 100% help someone when it's from the ground up. But when you already have a major audience and you're thinking about taking things to the next level, that's when I would say, you know what, this is really outside of my realm of expertise. Who can we find to bring in on this project who specializes in this? So it's nice when you 
can have those honest conversations. And that's also how our side of the creative equestrian community gets built by, by chatting with each other and being open to collaborating on stuff like that. Yes, yes, yes. And before we, before we started recording, we were talking about how we kind of have these cycles of, of creativity and you know sometimes it's just not coming it's just not coming and then one day it's like boom actually I have 50 million ideas yeah. you want to hear all of them <laughs> let's, let's, it all hits you at once yeah yeah let, let, let's talk about that because when we when we talk about like this this need for balance a lot of time that's that's it you know for creatives that's like you know, there's a, oh, I'm not fulfilled. I don't know. And then it's like, oh, I just busted out three projects, you know, in a week, you know, yep. and now I'm, I'm done, you know, yeah. so let's, let's talk about those cycles. As a professional in the horse industry, we are always looking for ways to improve our craft. As a business owner, it's our goal to build a business that supports our dream lifestyle. That's why I developed the Equipreneur Planner. This planner is a snapshot of your business from your offers to your online marketing. Whether you're looking to stand out in an oversaturated market or you need to audit your current business operations, this planner has the resources to guide you in that process. After spending an entire year developing this signature planning system, I've made it available to equine entrepreneurs just like you. Give yourself permission to change your life. Go to www.blackunicorncreative.com slash planner to sign up for the wait list. Yeah, it's, it's tough when your business kind of depends on you continually doing client projects, because like we were saying earlier, I will have these creative bursts of energy that sometimes will last for like two weeks. And it's like, I'm working in this big creative sprint. But when, when it drops, it almost feels a little bit manic in a sense where I'm like, go, 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 like up until, you know, 10, 11 o'clock designing and the ideas are just flowing. And then when you get that drop, it's so disappointing. And there's this little sense of panic that sets in because you're like, okay, I have all these timelines scheduled and someone else is depending on me to be creative. But at the same time, when you are in one of those lows, it's hard to produce the quality that you know you can when you're on that kind of high, not to say it that way, but it's true. So, and I even find it's a little tough just balancing that with my barn work because we have boarders who, you know, contact me all hours of the day. And I have a couple students here and another trainer who teaches here, the farm owner. So it's a lot of clients in two different businesses, which can also be a little bit draining. So it's, it's really tough to push through those creative lulls, but to keep projects on time, we have to find a way to do it. Yeah. And I, I feel like a lot of times um, having that team is, is helpful. Yes. Um, you know, because likely we're all not going through the low at the same time, you know, <laughs> so it's yes. like, you know, give me some, 
some motivation or like what do you see that I can be doing better what what do you see as far as like the design goes that I didn't capture and and having that feedback and having that conversation with someone you trust is is a major cheat code for entrepreneurship period definitely yes so it's nice I have spent a lot of time trying to figure out those systems within the business so that when I do kind of have those drops I can quickly send a note to Ashley who's our graphic designer and say do you mind just making these templates like if you have the time to do it and we kind of do that for each other just so Mm -hmm. that we can keep things moving along and it's nice because I can plan things out so that I don't kind of overwork myself because I always kind of know what's coming next. So that's been really helpful too um, because right. there's different stages of projects where I just start to hand things off to other team members and then they will finish something so that I can start the next client project and kind of goes on a cycle from there. So th- that's been helpful too. Yeah, yeah. Um... I know particularly um, for women, you know, um, people, people with a uterus, um, a lot of times those cycles <laughs> can come with, um, you know, our, our time of the month. And so mm-hmm. that has worked for me, you know, usually my energy on product, on projects is what tells me, I'm like, today okay the internal reminder yeah I'm like okay okay perk great I know what my next week is gonna be like you know and it's yeah not fighting that you know we can't fight biology like we're not gonna win ever um yeah but but knowing and and strategically planning something you know as much as you can say you know maybe not starting projects at the end of the month if we know that that's what you know um I have a a friend who I actually just interviewed last week Brittany she runs lesson programs but she does it every eight weeks yes I'm familiar with her on yeah she does the therapeutic program yeah Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. one week off and she's like you know by week six we're like (sighs) (laughs) yep but, you know, you get that second win knowing that you only have two weeks left, you know? Yeah. And so when we're looking at life-work balance, it's, it's working in those things that we know we need and we know that are, are going to work for us. You know, the more that you actually do, you're able to say, okay, this is a pattern that I'm seeing. So how can I work that into my schedule, into how I operate, into my team, into my system so that I can account for that? And that's okay. Yes, definitely. And I think one of the hardest parts about being an entrepreneur is that feeling of when you're not working, you're not progressing and you're not making money. And that can, that always used to, make me feel guilty for taking those breaks when I knew that I needed them so I finally got out of the habit of just trying to push through and feeling like I'm kind of half-assing it but I'm getting it done to now if I need a day I take a day and then I can double time it when I feel better you know yeah 
Yeah, absolutely. 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 Well, I am so absolutely thankful for your time here today, your expertise. I love your work and I love seeing people starting to have these conversations about, about branding, about messaging, about, you know, how you show up because, you know, a lot of people like the visual stuff um, when it comes to brand development um, without understanding that, you know, it's the meat, it's the meat, it's the ugly, you know, behind the scenes that really make those visuals mean something. So, um, yeah, tell people Definitely. where they can, where they can find you, where they can connect with you, um, and you know anything if they're interested in your services. Sure. So you can find me on Instagram at Farm and Fur Co. And I always tell people it's F I R, and my website is farmandfurco.com. Oh, all right, Sarah. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you so much for having me. And I agree. I am so excited to have a conversation with another equestrian creative that understands because I don't get to do that often enough. So thank you for creating the space for that. Well, I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as I enjoyed putting it together. Don't forget, subscribe to this podcast as well as leave a review and let us know how this episode has helped you in your horse business. Don't forget to connect with us over on social media, Facebook, or Instagram at Black Unicorn Creative. See you guys on the next episode.